Scarcely seems a year since uh, we gathered for the press conference in such a momentous week, uh, St Andrews last year. But uh, here we are again on the eve of what promises to be another fantastic championship. It's finally here, ladies and gents, the 151st Open at Royal Liverpool. As you listen to this, the action will be underway. That's because there's a bit of an early start, as there always is at the Open, 6.35am. Local boy Matty Jordan will get us underway in the company of Richie Ramsey and Brandon Grace, a man who shot 62 once in the Open Championship. What an event it's shaping up to be, and we are rather excited. So hello, welcome to the latest Open Commute from Bunkered in association with Callaway Golf. Michael McEwen here, and I'm joined by Associate Editor Alex Perry. We're sitting in the media centre at the moment. There are, it's, what time is it now, Alex? Uh, it's about half past seven on Wednesday evening. There's not many journalists left, but if we sound like we've got hushed tones, like we're commentating on the snooker, <laughs> it's because there's probably about... I I would guess 20 to 30 journals still here beavering away, so we'll, we'll endeavour to keep this nice and quiet. Some proper ASMR stuff going on right now for the listener. <laughs> Alex, how are you doing? I'm incredibly tired. It's uh, If you've ever spent an entire week at any kind of event, you will know that by sort of the third night, which this is for us, you're, you're just incredibly shattered and I'm actually genuinely, I think also because you, you get somewhere like this and the first night and the second night, there's always something going on. There's always something you're invited to, which is wonderful and mm. really good fun. But you end up going out and having a couple of beers and it's, you know, you, you end up eating really late. You don't sleep properly. And, you, you know, you, you, and, and if you do sleep, it's about four hours. <laughs> and then by the, time you get to, by the time you get to Wednesday, you're just like, do you know what? I'm going to be in bed by nine o'clock tonight and you sort of treat yourself to a, a nice uh, long nap. But I've just been told that I'm giving a lift to our colleague to be in for the very first tea time, which you've just yeah, said is at 6.35. So I'm probably going to have to get up at five, I would imagine. So I'm Yeah, not, not, give or take. I do quite like doing that. I've done it before. In fact, I think the last time I, every single year I say, I'm going to get in for the first tea time on the Thursday. And I think the last time I actually did it was the Hoylake Open of 14. So, oh, really? As yeah. far back as that? Quite a strange one. But I did it at Port Rush in 2019 for Darren Clark because obviously it was a big deal yeah. and you know they, they really made quite a song and dance about it. I think that was really, with maybe the exception of Sandy Lyle in 18 at Carnoustie, struggling to remember 17 at Birkdale if they did anything. I don't think they did, but certainly... Sandy, it was like okay, it was almost like a toe in the water of should is, is an early starter, mm-hmm. you know, sort of almost the Augusta Henri starter thing. Can that be replicated here? And then with Darren Clark, I mean, geez, it felt like everybody in Ireland was there that morning. And then obviously, we had Paul Laurie at St Andrews last year, a huge turnout. Those ones were different for me because I was staying in a house at Port Rush, for example. The house I stayed in was 500 yards from the first tee. Sure. St Andrews, it was like a 10, 15 minute walk at the very most. This, well, we're in Liverpool city centre, which is great. Turns out Liverpool's a great city, but in terms of getting here bright and early for the first tee... Well, I'm sort of hoping that because it's so early, that will eliminate the 10 to 15 minute wait to get through the... Toll booth for the so. tunnel. By Jeez. the way, by the way, Liverpool, 
you've paid for that tunnel lots of times over. Just let us through it now. Exactly. Same as to bring that. Also, down. while we're on this, Dartford Crossing, the crossing yes. into Wales. Just you've you've paid for it. Get stop, rid of tools. Stop, Abolish tools. Stop charging us to go through a blooming tunnel. So I'm with you on that. Yeah. I think what we need is a David Hasselhoff style moment, very much like the Berlin Wall, almost him standing on top of. Oh, I thought you meant like running down a beach with our tops off. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where that's where my head went for some reason. So that's a different kind of podcast. We could do it down the River D. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're doing tomorrow. Brilliant. No, but seriously, the the, the first experience, if if you are coming to the open. Whether you're getting here for the first tee or not, I mean, by the time this goes out, the first tee shot will have been hit. So, maybe don't, next you, year you can't. Yeah, maybe next <laughs> year you can't go back in time. But spending some time, if you are coming, spending some time in that little grandstand behind the first is lovely, especially when the headline acts go through. Yeah, it's, it's genuine. Like for such a tiny grandstand, it creates such a wonderful atmosphere. And just watching these guys pipe their drives down the middle of the first is fantastic. So. And yeah, read out, read out some of those. Well. Uh, read I mean, out some of those big names. There we are. Wow. Nine oh three a.m. Jordan Spieth, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Jason Day. Match Rich. number fourteen. I mean, that's that's worth coming for a loan. But they, it's funny they always tend to have power groups either side of the sure. big power group. So yeah. you've got Sam Burns, Sepp Straka, Chris Kirk. I quite like those guys for each way bets potentially. They're going off at eight forty seven, and then nine fourteen. You've got Seamus Power, Taylor Gooch. Interesting to see if Taylor Gooch can translate his form from 54-hole golf into 72. We'll see. He's got uh, Podrick Harrington, those guys have for company, who at 110 to 1 when I last checked the odds about 10 minutes ago, is giving me major Michael just go and put the mortgage on it vibes. <laughs> Not necessarily to win the thing. I don't think, or I don't know, Phil Mickelson proved that you can when you're a, a senior golfer. But something about Harrington this week, his demeanour out there when I've seen him just very happy, very relaxed, playing good golf. I've slipped a few quid on him. I've slipped a few quid on him. Yeah, I did it. I caught him last week at about, yeah, similar similar odds, just definitely three figures. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. That's the uh, the little group hoping to get into the Ryder Cup, isn't it? Gooch, Power, Harrington. Yes, I think uh, two of them have a better chance than another one, potentially. (laughs) So... Wednesday at the Open is typically the day when Martin Slumbers gets up and addresses the media. As we discussed briefly on the pod yesterday or the day before, that's when you know the RNA kind of give a state of the nation style address, field some questions from the media. Lots of ground that Martin Slumbers covered across 45 minutes or so when he came in at 11 o'clock this morning. But one story above all jumped out. He was asked the question about just stop oil and the prospect of them protesting at the event this week it may have already happened again by by the time you listen to this let's hope it doesn't but in a follow-up question to that he revealed that a senior player was targeted at last year's open championship by protesters here's what martin slumbers had to say about that we we had no direct intelligence um i think you're aware that there was direct intelligence last year Um, And most people in this room don't know that the Open was targeted last year. Um, We have significant um, security um, procedures in place. Um, We work clearly with the the law enforcement agencies. um, And uh, we'll wait and see what happens. Um, You will have seen that we advise the players, please don't get involved. Um, And I stand by that. We have enough 
uh, things in place to be able to deal with it. Beyond that, I, I think security matters I need to keep confidential, and I hope you um, understand that, but I'm sure there's enough sentiment in what I just spoke for you to, for your question. We had um, a very credible threat that came through a, um, uh, was reported to us through uh, journalists in this room, who very kindly and responsibly, as in the field, was going to be targeted um, by an environmental activist. and. Um, we, um, that's all I really want to say, Martin. Yeah, Alex, really interesting. I mean, obviously and rightly, Martin Slumbers was watching his words. He, he doesn't want to say too much about it. There's probably not a lot he can say about it. I don't know if there's any legal ramifications to naming a, a group or maybe he just doesn't want to give people the idea or encourage them to try again. But unusual to hear him speak about something that could have happened but didn't. Yeah, I, I don't think he's really got anything to gain from naming the player or players that were potentially targeted as well. Look, I said this in the preview podcast last week. Slumbers isn't afraid to get up there and spit out a nice headline for us. You know, he, he's, he's an absolute... He's a writer. He's a headline writer's dream, mm. really, isn't he? He's absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, I was... Look... Everyone has seen that story by now. Everyone that's interested in golf or interested in the Open has seen that story already. And my reaction was exactly the same. Like, you know, we're, we're journalists, but we're also fans. And, uh, you know, my, my, fir my first reaction was, oh, wow, who was it? And then obviously you sort of, yeah. you, you see think the rest it, of the quotes and you think, oh God, come I think on, it starts it. with T and ends in Igor Woods <laughs> potentially. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but you're the host, you're allowed to. Uh, no, I was, uh, yeah, it's, it's, he's, Slumbers is always good value and I enjoy listening to him talk and he said plenty of stuff today he, mm. you know he, he didn't he didn't shy away from the big talking points which I'm sure you'll get to but in terms of just stop oil while I am thoroughly behind their cause I genuinely just hoping they stay away this week because it's we just it's the open championship and as a golf fan as a golf writer you just don't want that taking away from what is going to be a wonderful week of golf what is always a wonderful week of golf mm -hmm. and i felt the same about the snooker i felt the same about the cricket i felt the same about when they've done it at football i i'm fully behind their cause just stop ruining my favorite Maybe sporting doing a different way. Yeah. yeah protest definitely yeah i would agree with that another thing that martin slumbers covered was really two courses he was asked about the prospect of Royal Porth Call in Wales, which is going to host the Senior Open. It's hosted Walker Cups. It's hosted Curtis Cups. It's hosted multiple amateur championships. It's basically been a staple of the, the RNA's championships for a number of years, going back to, I think, 1951. He was asked if that course could potentially join the Open Rota, as we discussed in our own preview pod last Friday. And he shot it down. He said, very simply, no. And again, it was the point of a lack of infrastructure and associated things in terms of why that's not going to happen so sorry Wales doesn't look like you're getting an open equally sorry Mr Trump or President Trump or, or whatever we're meant to call you these days uh, he, he reiterated Martin Slumbers today that the open will not be going back to Trump Turnberry anytime soon four times a host venue most recently in 2009 and the long and short of it was that as, uh, as long as the championship, the golf course, and 
the open wouldn't be the big talking point. The RNA wants nothing to do with Turnberry. In other words, it's not going to go there until Donald Trump is no longer the owner. Incredibly frustrating, but also fully on board with it, fully mm. understand. It's it's such a shame because it is, as we all know, such a wonderful, wonderful venue. And Turnberry specifically, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that... I said this, again, I said this on the preview podcast, there is just... There's absolutely no way Donald Trump doesn't show up in his helicopter making <laughs> big song and dance about the Open being at his venue. I, it, it would be unbearable. And I, again, I said this the other day, the price that we have to pay, which is not getting to see an Open at Turnberry, mm-hmm. is probably justified by of the, what, what the other side of that is, the other side of that coin, which I just don't want. I can't honestly. It's making me cross thinking about it. Actually, uh, Calm the, down. The, the the poor yeah. You, you seem very animated right now. Really red. Um, <laughs> the Porth call thing again. Huge shame. Is look. I've never actually been there, so in terms of infrastructure, I can't really talk mm-hmm. about that too much. Uh, is it a case of getting that amount of people in and out of South Wales easily? But. Carnoustie's in the middle of nowhere. Carnoustie's impossible to get to. It's like one train in and one train out and one road in and one road out. And that's never been a problem. I don't really know much about the space there is at Porthcourt. As As best I can tell, it's pretty close to Bristol by the looks of things. So I guess that'll be the nearest big airport, nearest big town. Then you've got Cardiff as well, which it won't be too far away. But I mean, you you come somewhere like Hoylake and there's plenty. I was out there walking around today and there is just so much space to walk around. Mm. There's thousands and thousands of people, but you never really, unless you're following, like there was a group of uh, McElroy, Hovland, Hatton and Fleetwood were out today and obviously everyone was following that around. Mm -hmm. But you never really feel like they're on top of you. We we talk about St. Andrews. I mean, in terms of uh, getting to St. Andrews and being in St. Andrews is brilliant. But when you're actually out on the course, it's, it's a, a pain in the ass, isn't it? There's no, there's no way you can actually walk across. Like you, you end up sort of doing a lap of the entire golf course to, to get from one side to the other. So, look, I, old Tom Morris currently turning in his grave. I would quite, I'd quite like to go down to Porthcourt and just see what all the talk is about. But I joked about Royal North Devon, but realistically, you know, apart from the fact it's one road in and out of North Devon. There's plenty of space there. You can get thousands of people yeah. down there. I should have come into Slumber's press conference and asked and them about next World Devon. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the answers here, Martin. What about, you worry? What about, what about Westwood Ho? Come on. <laughs> to be clear, you were joking about Royal North Devon hosting the Open. Not at all. Oh, okay. One other thing that Martin Slumber spoke about, I mean, he covered a lot of things, but one other thing that came up repeatedly was the subject of money. I think it, the, the word money was mentioned something like a dozen times in 45 minutes. And... Yeah, it, it was interesting to him. He didn't just say these words exactly, but it was almost along the lines of, yeah, we're the RNA, we have to look after the grassroots of the game, we have to spend the money that we make from this tournament on those things. We'd quite like the huge increases in prize money to stop so that A, the Open remains relevant, we don't feel that we have to play catch-up. And just generally, it would be better for the game anyway if the best 0.1% of male golfers weren't getting richer and richer at uh, accelerated pace. Well, I'm paraphrasing from John Rahm's uh, press conference, but he said he was asked about whether or not the people that turned down live golf should be compensated in some way when all those guys return inevitably. And he said... 
the PJ Tour has done enough for me. The PJ Tour has made me enough money. I would rather, and this just shows his class, I would rather they spent that money and pumped it back into the game at grassroots mm-hmm. level. And I feel the same about this. And I don't want to keep harping back to the preview podcast, but if you haven't listened to it, please go back and listen to it. It's all f- still very relevant. But these guys would come and play this tournament for free. If the RNA turned around and said, we're going to put no prize money on for the Open, we're going to use all the money, the, all the revenue we make from this tournament to pump into the grassroots game, I, I genuinely don't think there would be many players that wouldn't come mm-hmm. and play it. Now, that's obviously an incredible exaggeration, but the RNA had a chance here where they could have just gone, we're going to cap the prize purse at 10, 15 million or whatever, and the, the winner gets 1.52 million. Yeah, nowhere near the biggest payout they will get on tour. But these guys don't. How much money do these guys need? They're playing the players for. Well, uh, I don't know. Is it 20? Got obviously requires 100 million to start a family. So. <laughs> well, they, they, what they, when they go to Sawgrass, what are they playing for? Like 25, 30 million? Uh, yeah, 25 million. When next they, year. they go into some run of the mill PJ Tour events where they're making as much money as they're making here at the Open. So I, I think actually that tells you everything you need to know because these, it's not like these guys are going, oh, I can go make more at the RBC Heritage. So I'm <laughs> going to go and play that instead. That just doesn't happen, does it? Because this is a major. So for me, the RNA, obviously they can't say that you're going to play for no prize money, although of course they do at the Ryder Cup, but they could put their foot down and say, we're going to cap this out 10, 15 million, whatever number they want to have and everything else gets pumped back in the game. I don't think there's one player out there that would disagree with that or be unhappy with that. I really don't. And I, I know money talks, and I know that all these guys want to do is make more money. But like I said, how much more... If you're Jordan Spieth or Rory McIlroy, like how much more money do you need? Yeah, You've got a private really jet and a, a ridiculous house. A reminder that $16.5 million is up for grabs this week. It sounds like a lot because it is a lot. It's more than double what they were playing for at Troon as recently as 2016. But it's also worth noting that relative to all of the other events in men's golf, the Open now doesn't crack the top 20 in terms of lucrative tournaments thanks to the 14 on live, the eight or nine elevated events and the other three majors. So... Yeah, interesting to hear Martin Slumbers talk at such length about that. I, I certainly don't think we've heard the last of the money debate. But yeah, as ever, uh, a fascinating 45 minutes in the company of the RNA chief exec. More to come from Alex and I on the Open Commute right after this. All golfers can agree, hitting it far feels great. But does it feel great? A first in forging has created irons that have never felt better. Paradigm was precisely constructed with the first ever AI-designed forged 455 face cup and an all-new speed frame to enhance speed and feel, earning 15 out of 15 stars from the Golf Digest hot list. This is the new Paradigm in performance from Callaway. Welcome back, ladies and gents, boys and girls, cats, dogs, budgies, whatever, to the Open Commute in association with Callaway Golf, coming to you live from Royal Liverpool. It is the first morning of the Open Championship for Alex and I as we are speaking to you. We're back in the past, so there's some sort of weird flux capacitor <laughs> thing going on. Michael J. Fox, Lovely Christopher Lloyd, yeah, Lovely. Had, had thank to, you. Had for that. I'm still waiting on your cricket reference, by the way. I did mention I'm, I did mention cricket during Just Stop Oil, but I, I'm not sure if that oh, counts. I'll edit it out, it's fine. <laughs> Alex, I, there's, it's funny, I wasn't sure what else to talk about beyond Martin Slumbers, but it turns out there, there is 
quite a bit that we can discuss. And I want to start with an incredible scoop by our man Ben Parsons, who caught up with Pete Cowan earlier on today. Now, we've spoken at length on this pod. We've written about it at length on the website and in the magazine. The new Par 317th here at Royal Liverpool this week. I got to see it for the first time today. I took a wander out and I really liked it. I've, I've not had the privilege of playing it like you have, but it looks fun. I love the steep runoffs. I love how far you've got to carry the ball out of the bunkers around the green side. I love how small the green actually is, even though it looks massive. The views are great. It's a brilliant place to sit. I thought it looked brilliant. And I thought, honestly, that that was the consensus. Then Ben pulled Pete Cowan aside. And as it turns out, it's not. So Pete Cowan, renowned coach, everyone knows him by now. He said, I hate it. I haven't heard a player say a good thing about it. Well, he's wrong there. We we both have. They'll just deal with it. He adds, it could ruin somebody's career if the wind goes in the wrong direction all of a sudden or there is bad luck rolling down from the wrong place. Why would you make a 120 to 130 yard par 3 impossible? It's called an infinity green and that could be it. They could be playing infinitely backwards and forwards across the green. So not a fan then, bloody. I mean... (sighs) Can I call him a drama queen? Am I allowed to do that? Go ahead. On Goodness your me. I mean, get over it. <laughs> I, I sat by the 17th for a bit yesterday and I went up there for a bit today. I think I saw, I, w- I would say that I probably saw 20 players play that hole. And I think I could go as far as saying they all hit the green. There was no problem. I mean, obviously, they were. it was a practice round, so they were dropping balls in different areas and the various bunkers and things. And I, I get that when there's a, a bit of wind, but it, I mean, it's been windy the last two days. When when the wind gets up and you know, the weather conditions aren't perhaps as favourable, then fine. But I mean, it, it's just so funny the way that people talk like that. The best argument I can make against what he has to say is that, as you say, I have played it twice and I parred it the first time from the from the bunker, by the way. Can't nice. Ludicrous putt. And the second time, I also missed the green and I got down for bogey. So I've played it twice and I'm one over par on that hole. These guys, <laughs> these guys are the best in the world. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't calm, sunny conditions when I played it. You so were playing it from a much I more was, forward to you, were you not? It was... It was 120 something, so only 10, right, 15 okay. yards shorter. So we're not, I mean, these guys are the best in the world. If you can't play 136 yard par three without, as he describes it, destroying your career, then. <laughs> that That's the bit I like. I mean, I guess to play devil's advocate, I guess I see where he's coming from. Let's say that, let's, in fact, let's look at this laptop right here. Pick a random name. There you go, it's landed on Biochem. Now, let's say Biochem gets himself into contention for the Open Championship. He's got a one-shot lead on Sunday. He gets to 17, and it all goes wrong, and it implodes there, and he loses the the claret jug. I I, I see what they mean about, you know, this is a career-defining week for for players if they win, if they don't, blah, blah, blah. But the more I talk, the more I'm talking myself out of it. It does feel very overly dramatic. It's great content, but... Ruin someone's career. Mate, if Bio Kim is leading the Open on Sunday at the 17th and then blows up on the 17th and finishes, say, top five, that is 
the opposite of blowing up his career. <laughs> he's probably, he'll, he'll make more money from that than he will it's the rest of his point. career combined. Yeah, also, Sean Vanderville, for example, I mean, you could well, argue exactly. that that had made his career. Would exactly. we still talk about Sean Vanderville exactly. now? Bio Kim, of course, was the player who got banned for a couple of years for flipping the bird. Was he really? Spectators, yeah. He so, flipped the bird at spectators and got banned. So it was on the Korean PGA Tour, if I remember correctly, and someone snapped a photograph in his backswing and he gave them the middle finger and, yep, <laughs> got himself a little lengthy ban. How long it. was it? A couple of years? Yeah, so... Holy I, shit, Tittle Hatton would never play. If I remember rightly, he got a three-year ban, which I think he got squashed after like six months or something like that. Squashed? Quashed? Quashed. Reduced. Reduced so on appeal. Yeah, I think he got it down to six months, but yeah, it's still a long time to be out of the game. It is, yeah. My goodness, they do things to find career. Evidently, might have to go. Might have to go follow him on tomorrow. See if I can wind him up. <laughs> he sounds combustible. Take your phone <laughs> with you. You spent a bit of time out in the, the golf course today, Alex. Give listeners and me, frankly, because I've not seen you until now, uh, a flavour of of what you saw, what you liked, anything of of note. Well, I just went out for a little bit in the afternoon just to do what I love doing most when I'm at the Open Championship, which is people watching. There's, and I That's mean- That's not it, creepy. I honestly mean this in the nice, that's why I got sunglasses. <laughs> I mean this in the nicest possible way, but there is, n- there is no sports fan odder than a golf fan at the Open. <laughs> We're all, and I include myself in this, and I include you in this as well. We're all incredibly strange people. We have incredibly strange ways of dealing with things. I heard, I heard one American, like he sidled up to his pal. I'm not going to do the accent, but he said, "You know what? I just can't get on board with Lynx golf." And I was like, "What? What are you doing here?" I mean, first of all, cool security had him thrown out. Good. And um, presumably, he's in jail now. <laughs> But I was just like, what is Preserving he? a three-year ban from the Korean PGA Tour. It's, a, <laughs> it's one thing to come and enjoy them, but don't, this is our golf. This is our way of playing golf. Don't, do not say that on, on a Lynx course as well. Coming over here, slagging our courses. Exactly, exactly. One, one woman from the USA asked me how to get somewhere. She had a very thick sort of Texas accent, like Southern accent. And I very politely asked her where she was from. And she said, Oh, I'm from the USA. And I sort of laughed because I thought she was joking because <laughs> it's incredibly obvious where she's from. But it turns out she wasn't joking. She was really serious and probably not all that bright. So <laughs> that was the end of our brief encounter. I just, if you are here this weekend or if you're at any open championship, just go, just just meet people, just talk mm. to strangers. They're some of the most fascinating people you'll ever meet. I, I quite enjoy hearing an accent. For I particularly enjoy when I hear someone who's clearly come from a long way. I like asking them where they're from. I like finding out a li- little bit about them. And it's not just because of my job, but it's because I'm just nosy. Naturally curious. Naturally nosy. Aggressively ne- curious. Ne- yeah, <laughs> aggressively <laughs> curious. Aggressively creepy. No, inc- inc- everyone is incredibly nice. Everyone is incredible. My... Least if I'm if I'm flipping the scales, my least favourite golf fan is the commentator. Oh, I'm sure you've yeah. stood everyone who's been to a golf event has stood to the I would actually throw these guys out before the mashed potato one. Absolutely. Just the ones that go, Oh, that is a lovely shot. Even if it's just a 
That is such a good shot. Oh, that is, I oh, smoked it. Flushed it, absolutely flushed it. Yes, we know he flushed it. It's Rory McIlroy and I've stood 15 <laughs> feet away from him. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's been a long week, Alex. Incredibly irritating. It's week. funny, I was out for a, a wander yesterday, briefly, and I noticed I noticed much the same thing. For a start, overheard a guy within two minutes of leaving the media center, Shane, there's Xander Scheffler over there. <laughs> oh. Unless they're playing a practice round together and you're trying to save a millisecond of time by not saying their the real names that you've gone for some Portman tool, then what a hybrid goal for that is, by the oh, way! Wow, we'd win everything potentially. Should we come up with some others? Well, oh, God, have you noticed? Have you noticed that there's a a thing that some golf fans, particularly in the UK, tend to do, which is they all wear jackets or anoraks. They all dress for golf, absolutely, and they all have rucksacks. Like, what what I want to do is stop someone tomorrow and say. Excuse me, mate. What's in the rucksack? What is in your probably? I'll probably find orange powder to be for you. <laughs> yeah, presumably four changes of clothes because yeah. it's just so changeable. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, I I I am fully on board with wearing golf shoes around the golf course. I wear that's my, fine because I wear slip otherwise. Yeah, I wear my spikeless golf shoes myself because they are the best footwear for that terrain. Why are you wearing your full sat Sunday medal outfit? Like, mm. why are you doing that? It's such a strange Especially thing Especially when you do. see them with a glove in their back pocket as well. I have genuinely seen people with gloves in their back pocket. Don't mm. get it. My favourites as well were the guys who bring their... And it's always men. It's never women. Yep. Women are perfectly normal, but normally behaved when they're here. It's, it's always the men. I saw one guy bring his rangefinder so, oh, no. so he could zap players to presumably see how far away they are. See, the, the counter that I've heard people make because I've challenged some of my mates who do this and they say, well, it's no different, you know, going to the football and wearing a football shirt. Well, no, it, it is different because if you go to football and wear a football shirt, that's like wearing a polo shirt to go to the golf. But yeah. I don't go to the football with a captain's armband on, for example. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Curious, actually, you know what? I, I want to throw this out. If you're listening to this and we are describing you in any way, shape or form, if you're that American woman that Alex spoke to, for example, or if you just are a, a full kit, wanker at the golf slide into our dms alex and i both have them wide open get in touch and tell us why you do that we're very interested in human behavior so get in touch and we promise we won't take the piss about you in Absolutely. the next podcast we wouldn't do Absolutely. that anyway alex, i hear the hoover is starting once again in the media center which presumably means that it's time for us to pack up and get out so open eve compared to christmas eve a little bit mm-hmm I will I will sleep better tonight though than I do on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Normally on Christmas Eve I'm just wide awake until the early hours because I'm so excited. Waiting for the big man to come down. Waiting Jimmy. for the big man. This exactly. this week I'm waiting for a big man to win me some money. Mr. Scheffler. Mr. Well, Scotty Scheffler. So, sorry, yeah. Thank you. The charity. Get it right, my goodness. Brilliant. Well, Alex, look, thank you very much for your time again today. No worries. I uh, can't wait to wake up tomorrow and finally see some shots that matter. I don't know if I can watch another chip of, this, of completely inconsequential yeah. nature. But yeah, enjoy it. And uh, thank you to you for listening. Thank you to Callaway for the continued support. We'll be back with another Open Commute this time tomorrow where we'll be talking about the first round action. So until then, enjoy it. Make sure you tune in. Follow us on all the social media platforms. Keep in touch with the latest updates from round one at bunker.co.uk. Until tomorrow, bye-bye for now. <laughs>